0: Welcome to the Aurora Cornerstone podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope today's message is an encouragement to you. Thank you for joining us today as we uh, join together in worship. We're going to go to scriptures in Isaiah. Isaiah 54. Everybody say Isaiah 54. Now you know where it is. Go ahead, find it. As you're turning, we have been the last few weeks talking interchangeably between uh, what it means to come back, that place of return to the Lord. He said in Zechariah, if you, if you return to me, I'll return to you. If conditional, there's a turning of the heart back to him to go back to God, to cry out to him, to ask him to do what only he can do. And then following up on that, we've been, we've been talking a little bit about worship. Today I wanted to go back. I wanted to talk, and it's been on my heart for some time again, this particular uh, passage that we're sharing with you today, found in Isaiah. Uh, so we're going to read it. This chapter of Isaiah, you'll note that Isaiah 54 is where we're going to be looking to in just a moment before I do. Isaiah 53... Is all about, it's probably one of the most quoted Old Testament passages. It talks in Isaiah 53. It says in verse 2, he grew up speaking of Christ. Of course, this is a prophecy. Remember, Christ still isn't going to come for a number of hundred years. He grew up like a tender shoot, like a root in dry ground. No beauty or majesty attracted us to him. This is 53, verse 2. Then 53, verse 3, he was despised, rejected by mankind, a man of suffering, familiar with pain. He was despised and lowly esteemed. Verse 4, took our pain, bore our suffering. We considered him punished by God. Back then, they thought if you suffered because God was judging you. Punished by God, stricken by God, afflicted by God. But, verse 5, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. By his wounds, we are healed. We are all like sheep gone astray. Each of us, all of us, has turned to our own way. And the Lord laid on him, who? Christ, the iniquity of us all. That's 53. Now we go to 54. This is our text. That's a preamble to the text. 54 verse 1. "...sing, barren woman, you who never bore a child, burst forth into song, shout for joy. You who were never in labor, because, note this, more are the children of the desolate woman than of her husband, than of her who has a husband, who says, Lord, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, do not hold back. Lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes." Then it continues on. You will spread out to the right and to the left. Go down to the very last verse of chapter 54. Very last verse, it says this. You're probably gonna, Some of you are going to recognize this verse. No weapon forged against you will prevail. And you will refute every tongue. Everybody say every tongue. every tongue. That accuses you. Guess what? You know where the accusation comes from? It's called the accuser of the brethren. You will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and this is their vindication from me. Father, I ask that you would help us to understand what's on your heart right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Title of what I want to share this morning is The Sheer Power of Worship Singing. And this kind of got to me in, in this last year and a half when churches for the first time were told that if you gather, you can't sing. <laughs> and I remember hearing that and going, okay, if you gather, you can't sing. We're Pentecostal church. Uh, and I equated it to, and, you, and if you remember back March a year ago, I would be saying it's like going golfing without taking your clubs. Can you do it? Well, not really. Are you in a golf course? Yeah. Can you walk the course? Yeah. Can you look down the holes? (laughs) Yeah. But you really can't golf without the clubs. You really can't worship if you don't lift your voice. And so that became problematic. And And so the gray area was, uh, we prefer you not singing. And if you sing, don't sing loud. Of course, that's a little problematic right there. But I discovered if you've got a mask, it's hard to sing loud anyway. Because you can't suck the breath back in. And even while I was doing some songs here, that last song, that was a great last song, by the way, Carla. That last song we were singing, I, I was getting into it and I was just finding I was starting to hyperventilate. It's like, you know, putting a brown, right? Some of you know what we're talking about. And I purposed to change my mask. I used to wear, some of you still got them, those masks that you can't breathe in. (laughs) And I just couldn't sing in those. So I I went to this mask. Here's here's the thing. There's, There's sheer power in the power of worship singing. There's sheer power in the power of worship singing. So this text again talks of, I want to draw attention. Sing, barren woman. We'll come back to that. Sing, barren woman. Burst into song enlarge your tent while you're doing it. And then the last verse, because no weapon formed against you will prevail and you will refute. Refute is actually an, it's an action. You will step into, you will speak against, you will stand against, you will refute, you will refute every tongue accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Now, I want to begin by sharing worship is more than singing. Worship it's not confined to songs. Uh, for instance, who was on register this morning? Who was on the front register? Okay, Freda. Um, Frida was worshiping this morning. She was worshiping. Uh, worship means worship to him. You're serving him. Was she serving him when she was serving you this morning? As you've done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. So, Frida was out there, and she was registering you coming in and, and welcome you here. She was worshiping. Uh, those who were ushering you this morning, they were worshiping this morning. I've got folk downstairs right now, a couple of adults, and they are working with your children downstairs. What are they doing? They are worshiping. It's an act of worship. Uh, those who are on the sound, those who are around the corner, Robert around the corner, who's all those who are on live stream right now, he's worshiping the Lord right now. That doesn't mean he's in there singing. He is worshiping by bringing this as service to the Lord. So worship is not just singing. It's not just music. Worship, all those folks were worshiping this morning. The folk downstairs, they're worshiping this morning. Worship, you worship God in Christian service. You worship God in your tithes when you return your 10%. When you give back God his 10%, you're worshiping. When you give above and beyond your offerings, your worshiping. It's one of the big reasons that when Lori and I, when we came here, we one of the first things we did, we established at the altar a place that you could worship in your tithes and your offerings. Right here at the altar. You know, it was at the altar, at the front, at the place of worship, I was dedicated as a baby. I don't remember any of that. It was at the front, it was in a baptismal tank, where I publicly acknowledged I was follower of Jesus as an act of worship. It has been at the front where I was baptized in the Holy Spirit and, and the Spirit of God came upon me. It's been at the front of the church. First time the Holy Spirit uh, took me out and I fell under his, his, his strength. It was, it was at the front of a church. It's at the front of the church where he has spoken to me so many times. Now, that is not relegated just to the front of a church, but this has often been designated as a place of worship. So I thought, duh, it's a no-brainer. Then let's worship him in our givings. Let's come and offer it before the Lord instead of slinking it in incognito. Let's worship him in our giving. If If we acknowledge him before men, he'll acknowledge us before his Father. We worship him in our tithes and our offerings. You worship him every time you testify to his name. Every time you share about Jesus, if you're on the phone, you begin to talk about the Lord, not necessarily being preachy, but testifying, witnessing, sharing what you've seen and heard. When you share about that, or over the fence, or maybe at work, a person in the cubicle beside you, as you do that, you are worshiping. It's all an act of worship. Uh, Christina, when she got up and she came up here and she led us in prayer, she was worshiping. She was worshiping. If somebody came up and led you in scripture reading, that would be worshiping. It's an act of worship. The point is, it's more to worship than singing. However, here's what I'm going to do this morning. I do want to focus on the sheer power of worship singing. I think it's one of the most under-recognized, non-recognized absolutes in the church today. So... I want to go to, uh, there's, you have to admit, there's nothing much more beautiful than worshiping God through song and such variety of worship. I dare say, and even the context here and certainly those who are watching live stream, that the audience this morning or those who will be watching later on demand, the audience, that that there's such a culture, we call it a genre of worship. And I believe when that just, blends together, there is sweet aroma in the nostrils of our God because it's a people expressing themselves to Him. See, worship is our act of giving back to God. Uh, You know, I, I honestly, as much as I somewhat make a living on preaching, I don't think God up in heaven, you know, goes, ooh, He's about to preach. Come on, let's sit around and let's listen to this. It doesn't probably bless God a whole lot, but when we worship Him, we're blessing Him. So you want to bless him, it's the place of worship. And worship and singing, there's something beautiful. There's two epistles found, Colossians, Ephesians, that give an explicit directive about worshiping him in song. And they're referred to psalms, hymns, and you know the third one? Spiritual songs. Three things. Let me just read them. Colossians 3, verse 16, let's follow. Let the message of Christ dwelling you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to the Lord with gratitude in your heart. Ephesians 5, Paul again says it again. Verse 18, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms. Can I just pause there for a second? Speaking to one another, uh, singing isn't all vertical. Singing is also horizontal. That's why there's importance in corporate singing. We're actually singing to each, you know, Jeff, I'm singing to you, man. And when you're singing, you're singing to me, right? It's not just to God. And so some people say, well, I only sing in the shower. Now, some of us around might be a little thankful for that. But no, we sing to one another. Now, I don't have to send a message to Jeff through song, but what I'm doing is I'm admonishing him in song. I'm singing. We sing to one another. And I noticed when we came back, and you probably noticed this, this never became more apparent to me than during this pandemic. The three times we were kicked out and then brought back, every time I got back, I was giddy. There was no other better word to describe it. I was giddy. Why was I giddy? Because I could hear people singing with me. And it was exciting. On on Zoom, you couldn't do that. I couldn't hear them. But I could hear. And it was exciting. It was exciting to hear the voices. Now, we were tempered. We had our masks. But nothing much more exciting than the day that we can pull those off. And with all our lungs, with all our heart, sing to the Lord. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. We sing to one another. So let's go back on this. Verse 19. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, spiritual songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Sing and make music. That's literal. That's not a figurative. They're going, well, what does that actually mean? It means sing And make music from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. The good, the bad, and the in-between. Everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Spiritual growth is linked to worship through song in many ways. I want to break that down for you. Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. We're going to go quickly through this. Psalms. In the New Testament church, the New Testament church, the Jews and the Gentiles alike accepted the literature of Old Testament worship. So today we can accept the literature of the Old Testament worship in our worship today in 2021. Today's psalm singing is reflected in our songs, essentially comprised of Scripture. Sing psalms. There has been more. And it doesn't mean the Book of Psalms. Book of Songs is the Book of Songs. But it's the hymnal, the hymnal, the, the singing of the songs, is a declaration of singing of God's word. And I've, I believe that we've seen an increase of that, probably in the last 40 years, that we need to continue to keep that as increase in our singing of songs. I'm going to throw some illustrations of uh, first of all, singing of songs, singing of songs. Cornerstone, our church of war cornerstone. I thought I'd start with that cornerstone. Christ alone. Cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love. Through the storm, he is Lord, Lord of all. Singing of a psalm, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 6. 1 Peter 2, 6, behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious stone, and he who believes in him will not be disappointed. He is a cornerstone. We sing God's word. The blessing, it's fairly new. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Taken directly from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. The blessing, we call it the blessing. What's that? It's a psalm. We're singing psalms. Let me keep going. The great I am. The great I am, the mountains shake before you, the demons run and flee, at the mention of your name, King of majesty, there is no power in hell or any who can stand before the power in the presence of the great I am. Seven times in the gospel of John, Jesus would get up and proclaim, I am the great I am, seven times. We're proclaiming God's word, we're singing a psalm of him. Blessed be your name in a land that is plentiful. Where your streams of abundance flow, blessed be your, be your name. Wind it back. Blessed be your name, Job one twenty one. In the land that is plentiful, Job 1.3, Where your streams of abundance flow, Job one ten. Blessed be your name. Psalms. Sing psalms. We're told sing psalms. Sing psalms. Uh, ten thousand reasons. You're rich in love. You're slow to anger. Your name is great. Your heart is kind. For all your goodness, I will keep on singing. 10,000 reasons for my heart to find. David began to list in Psalms 103, one after the other, why his heart would sing before the Lord. He lists that he forgives our sins, heals our diseases, redeems our lives from the pit, crowns us with love, gives us compassion, satisfies our desires, gives us righteousness, and implores justice. Brings upon justice. Singing Psalms. So sing Psalms. The second part is sing hymns. And all those 50 and older say. I had to put that. Okay. The word hymn, H Y M N, is derived from the Greek word humois, which simply is the word religious song. Religious song. Every generation writes its own religious song. Every generation. And they should. Every, reg- every generation writes its own songs about the Lord to the Lord. About the Lord to the Lord. Whether 1st century or 21st century. Hymns are songs of testimony, songs of triumph, songs of exaltation, songs of adoration, and songs of celebration. It's not entirely wrong, and I've heard this happen a number of times, where young children, when we say, You don't hear it as much now, but young children, when somebody says we're going to sing a hymn, and they go hymn, and they believe it's spelled H-I-M. But it's not entirely wrong for them to believe that because it's really all about H-I-M. It's all about him. Songs about the Lord. Hymns are songs about the Lord. So you go through your old hymns, modern hymns, you look at songs about him. One after the other, songs about him. Let me talk about some modern hymns. When I think about the Lord, how He loved me, how He saved me, how He healed me—I'm not sure if I got the words right there. Okay, when I think about—that's—that's modern. What's it doing? It's—it's songs of the Lord to the Lord, the Revelation song, "Worthy is the Lamb." What what is it? It's a a hymn. All the earth, Lori and I taught this one back a couple years ago. It's from Psalms 98, verse 11. All the earth will declare that your love is everywhere. The fields will exalt. The seas resound. Hear the trees joyful cry, praising you, and so will I. A new song I will sing. Lord, I will glorify and bless your holy name. Him. Songs about him, to him. Jesus, Messiah, name above all names. About him, to him. Slide it back. Go back into more traditional. One day is a song found in your hymn books. A Casting Crowns, a contemporary group got a hold of it, did a little bit of a remix on it. Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away. Rising, he justified freely forever. One day he's coming, oh glorious day. You kind of have a whole doctrine in there. Did you get that? Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away. Rising, he justified freely and forever. And then eschatology, one day he's coming. Oh, glorious day. It was, re- it was redone, remixed. So a new generation would begin to love on it. And I know both my kids, it's one of their favorite songs. One day, one day. It's a song that's been around for probably the better part of 100 years. Victory in Jesus. I heard an old, old story. Him. What a friend we have in Jesus. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be him. They've taken that and brought a new mix in it. Pull in another generation to sing that. This is amazing grace. Or even just amazing grace. Amazing grace. Chris Tomlin got a hold of that added. A new part. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior, ransomed me. And like a flood, his mercy reigns. Unending love. Amazing grace. Him. About him to him. Hymns. I believe part of the remedy to keeping... Listen, I believe part of the remedy, and I know Pascal He's not able to be with us today, but he wants to introduce, not introduce, he wants to reintroduce some... Some of those hymns back in and some of the new mixes and reintroduce it as part of the most modern and bringing it together. I believe here, I believe this. Here's the remedy to keeping hymns in the church today. Number one, don't drag them. Don't drag them. I, and I understand sometimes how come we do that because some of them are hard to play. And sometimes if the band's not good, we pull it back. But don't drag them. You know, there's nothing spiritual about going slow. There's nothing spiritual about going slow. If you need to sing it, you need to put it in the intent of the author. And there are some songs, It is well with my soul should never be done in such slow timing you fall asleep halfway through. It is well with my soul. It was written in the, in the depths of despair, but it is a song of triumph. Let there be brightness and vitality in the song. It is well with my soul. That's how you keep them alive. Don't drag them. Pity sakes, don't drag them. I'm going to even use, I don't, this is not slang or curse. For God's sake, don't drag them. And secondly, don't get caught up in the nostalgia of the hymns. Every song has nostalgia for us. Every song will earmark a moment in time. It'll bookmark a place where you heard it and what you were experiencing at that time. Songs are like art. It, it, It is an artistic expression. And, and art does the same thing. So songs and singing, you'll often, as you sing a song, you'll go back to where it stirred you, where you first heard it. That is okay. But stop singing it for that reason only. You need to earmark a new moment. So here's the thing. Let's replace nostalgia for the now. Nostalgia for the now. Let the song speak to me now. What's the song speaking to me today? And now bookmark today and let today be the beginning of your remembrance of what God did in that song. Sometimes we like the old songs because we want to remember back there. Don't don't pull people into that nostalgia. They need to go beyond nostalgia. They need to become now moments. I believe if we do those two things, they can come back into the church. Psalms, hymns, what's the third one? Spiritual songs. Okay, here's the spiritual songs. Apostle Paul's reference to a distinct music unique to the church age. Uh, You didn't see this in the Old Testament. Uh, Hodeus, pneumakias, The two Greek words found in Ephesians 5 and Colossians 3 for the expression spiritual songs. Hodeus, Hodeus Pneumichias, spiritual songs. The first one, Hodeus, comes from simply ode, O-D-E, the Greek term uh, for any words sung. So ode, singing. Any words brought to music, sung. The second phrase, Pneumachias, is you break it down, pneuma, spirit, pneuma. Paul would use this word with reference to spiritual gifts. So he is saying spiritual gifts sung. Spiritual gifts sung. First Corinthians fourteen, fourteen. For I pray. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. Won't be exclusive one to the other. Note that part. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. Now, I've grown up in Pentecostal church, and so, you know, from a little guy, it wasn't uncommon. You hear somebody maybe, uh, you heard people praying in tongues. I could hear my mom praying in my tongues, my dad praying in tongues when I was a little boy. Uh, Both of them uh, would pray in tongues. We come in church, and during times of just spontaneous worship, you just hear, you know, praying in tongues. Uh, That would become my experience when I was 19 years old. You would have people who would break into the gifts in the context of the body where somebody would speak in tongues out loud and then somebody would interpret the tongues and the body would be edified. I grew up with that. But what I didn't grow up with was singing in the spirit. And a little bit in the context of just people worshiping, but not in the context of a, of a body. And it was in 1990, Lori and I were at a worship conference called Canada Arise. It was in Brampton, a big group of people got together for uh, worship artists, together, and, and, and we were worshiping, and there was a moment of spontaneous praise, and somebody broke into, a, into singing in tongues, and it kind of freaked me out. I was thinking, oh, somebody's got to stop them, uh, and then after they were done, somebody interpreted it, and they didn't sing the interpretation. They just interpreted it. and then another one sang in tongues again, and somebody interpreted it, and I thought, oh, sacrilegious. Until I came to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 15. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with the understanding. Paul's distinguishing when he talks about sing with my spirit from singing with the mind. Singing with the mind is the words you rehearsed we sang with our mind earlier. Singing spiritual songs is an exercise separate from yet complementary to the singing of psalms and hymns. It's a very different, unique way of singing. Spiritual songs. Words in spirit. Spiritual songs are Holy Spirit utterances, which are sung rather than spoken. Most commonly, they're used as part of our devotional life. And it's great, and I and trust that a number of you have done this. Make it a practice of your devotional life when you pray and you worship the Lord. I trust that you do worship in your devotional times. Take time to worship Him. Take time to praise His name. And when you do, invite you to sing your worship. Just begin to sing a new song in the understanding. And if you are filled in the Spirit, then in the Spirit, just put music behind what's in the Spirit. You don't have to rehearse. It doesn't have to be anything particular. It can just be a rising and ebbing of some sounds. But bringing Spirit, bringing song into it, and I discovered it elevates my passion for Him. When I'm done, I'm just more in love with Him. When I'm done, I want to do more work for Him. Some would want to say, well, it's of the devil. Well, why do I want to do more for the kingdom when I'm done? If it's sung in the Spirit. You have this common part of one's devotional life. Explained or interpreted if it's in a corporate gathering, yes. Which were so desirable, this was so desirable, Paul asserted his will, his personal will to practice them. He said, I will sing with the Spirit. He actually said that, I will. I choose, will, will, begin to sing in the Spirit. doesn't matter if you feel like it. Well, begin to sing in the spirit, begin to sing in the spirit. Before you all came in here this morning, the worship team we were gathered in prayer here, and so for a moment we just began to lift up His name and worship Him, and some just just put, began to worship him, singing in the spirit. It's appropriate. Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, spiritual songs. So therefore, psalms, we declare His word. In hymns, we announce his works. And in spiritual songs, we welcome his will. Hmm. Might want to write that one down. In Psalms, we welcome his word. We learn, we rehearse the eternal, the unchanging word as revealed in his scriptures. We declare his word. In hymns, we announce his good works. We praise him. We review his attribute. We testify to his goodness as experienced over generation upon generation. And in spiritual songs, we welcome his will, giving place. Holy Spirit, come. I surrender to you. Fill me with your spirit. Awaken me, O God, today, making place for his word to dwell richly among us. Singing. Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. I want to close with these three things because this is the power of worship singing. There are places in Scripture where the power of song explodes and it changes the circumstance. I believe that worship singing, I'm going to use three illustrations. Worship singing, the power of worship singing is the power for battle. It's the power for your breakthrough. And it's the power for birthing. Let me talk of the first one, the, the song of battle. And these are unique songs. These are unique songs. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 15, I'm not going to read the story. But it's a picture of the Old Testament where they were going into this very strategic battle. But instead of putting the foot soldiers up front, often the archers would go up front. Or those holding the shields would be the front row going into battle. But God said, no, no, today I want you to put your musicians up front. Now some of you think, yeah, there's some musicians I wouldn't mind sending to the front of the battle line too. And getting them knocked off. But that wasn't the reason God, he didn't want to kill them off. He put them on the front line so that they would worship And they lifted their trumpets. They banged on their drums. They lifted their voices and they worshiped. And God wrote at the enemy. Powerful. Matter of fact, go back to Jericho and Judges. And when you see the story of Jericho, they marched around the city multiple times. And then the last time, they were to break forth into shouting. And the musicians were to lift up their instruments. And the enemy was defeated. Something of the song of battle. When you're engaged in a hardship, you're engaged in a battle, what is your battle? Some of you are maybe engaged in a battle right now. A battle for your family. A battle for your health. A battle for your own spiritual vitality. A battle for whatever it is. You're engaged in a battle. There are battle songs. And I recognize as a church, it's not all, you know, sitting around waiting for the rain to fall. Sometimes that is. But there's times we just got to do war. Because there's a battle. There's There's a... We've been assaulted. We're being beat down. And we begin to rise up in the spirit of the Lord. The battle song, the song, battle song belongs to the Lord. That last song that we sang here was a battle song. We began to declare battle in that song. The song of battle. Uh, when we lift our voice, singing his praise, expressing our belief in his promises, we hold on. When you begin to declare his names, it's battle songs. You're declaring his names over your situation and you'll confound the enemy. I've heard testimony after testimony of pastors who've testified that during seasons of great spiritual opposition, God spoke a word to their church, and song broke forth in the midst of battle. And in so doing, when the song broke forth, the opposition was broken. Song broke forth, opposition was broken. I want to encourage you. If you're in a time of battle, have battle songs. Have the battle songs. And it doesn't have to be the battle song of the republic. It doesn't have to be onward, Christian, soul. It can be, because it is a battle song. But it can be battle songs like we just sang. Waymaker. In the midst of your trials, a battle song. In the midst of your trial, he's with you. Begin to declare his, his presence. Begin to declare his presence. As you're hearing and feeling the sense of the enemy all around you, go into battle. There's a song I particularly, I use it all the time. I've done it with Cleansing Stream University it's a very little part, little, I, Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. And I'll just play, Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. I'll just keep playing it. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. Satan, the blood of Jesus this is an old on Croach, uh, And I will give God all of my praise. And then I begin to praise him, give God the glory. Battle song. When I go through that song, almost without exception, my perspective is all changed. Because something's broken through. It's not hype. It's victory according to God's promises and his word. The battle song of the Lord. The song of the Lord. A mighty instrument in spiritual battle. Let me talk about the second one because it's different. The song of breakthrough. The song of breakthrough is a song of freedom. It's a song of victory. It's a song of liberation. Exodus 15.2 speaks of strength, victory, and song linked together. Strength, victory, and the singing. Together. Isaiah chapter 12, verse 2, in the English Standard Version, says, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song. And he has become my salvation. He's my strength and my song. He equates strength with singing. Singing will give strength. New International says strength in my defense. Salvation, strength, song, brought together, married, Songs are not only offerings of praise for what God has done, but songs are instruments that will bring deliverance for what's about to happen. Sometimes we think and we testify to what's being done. That is part of it. Then the song of deliverance is what he's now doing. It's what we now begin to declare. We decree and bring into place. Somehow the song of the Lord on the lips of God's people has the power to spiritually upheave, opposition. Breakthrough. Song of breakthrough. Song of birthing. The last one. It's our text. Isaiah 54. It opened with the paradoxical comment. Sing, O barren woman. It didn't sing, sing woman who has a big quiver. Sing, O barren woman. Now, the irony is that barren women didn't sing. It was a disgrace. They were disenfranchised. They were discredited. They felt unworthy. They felt hopeless. And in the midst of that, the prophet is saying, sing, barren woman, while you're in your barrenness. Sing, barren woman. Sing. In the midst of your depression, sing. And then the next words are basically saying, and get your nursery ready. Babies are a-coming. Sing, barren woman. Now enlarge your tent. And then it says children, plural, children. God's not going to throw you a few crumbs. Prepare for great things from God. Sing, barren woman. In your barrenness, don't wait until the blessing, because it's too late. In your barrenness, begin to sing. If you want out of the barrenness. So sing, oh barren woman. It's a song of birthing. Call it a song of birthing. The song brings blessing. Songlessness. When we often in that barrenness are songless. And in our songless times, it's often equated with depression. When we are songless, we are often living defeated. When we are songless, we are often overwhelmed with discouragement and despair. And it restricts how God can pour into your life. So what you do is you take the lid off and begin to sing sing barren woman. You take the lid off so that it no longer is constricted, so his power can pour into you. I know in my own life, it's one of the true tests. When I stop picking up my guitar, when I stop on the key, when I stop worshiping him, when I stop doing it in private, I know something's wrong. But it's often somebody has to like, I haven't heard you pick up the guitar for a while. I haven't heard you sing for a while. It's like, shoot, yeah, something's crowded out my heart. So whether or not I feel like it, let's begin to sing. Sit down, begin to play. If you don't play, just begin to lift your voice and worship Him. Turn on something on Spotify and begin to worship Him. And lift up your voice and begin to praise Him. Bring a new song to the Lord. One that's never been made before. Just your song. It doesn't have to rhyme. And just begin to sing it to the Lord. Bring a song before Him. It would be a song of birth. Job 38 verse 7 says that at creation... The morning stars sang together. I have no idea what that means. At creation, the morning stars sang together. But it's there. 1 Samuel chapter 2, Hannah couldn't have a child, so she began to sing. She had a child. Mary, the mother of Jesus, Luke 1, she sang a song of new birth. Conception of Christ. When the barons sing defeat, death, can't hang around. Who knows what a new song might bring today for you? We're just gonna let's I don't want us to go without allowing this to be a part of what we're doing right here. A song of battle, song of breakthrough, a song of birthing. So I'm going to invite the worship team. Come on back up, worship team. They're going to lead us in a song here in a moment. I'm going to invite congregation. Would you join me in standing? And if you are watching live stream, I invite you to where you are. Do this as well. Don't put this off. Don't think this is only for those in attendance here. You can do this right in your living room, right in your kitchen, your bedroom. You can do this right where you are. I invite you to do this, okay? Here's what I invite you to do. Everybody here, everybody watching, here's what I want you to do. Can you just do this? There's something, and I, it's a whole other message for another day, about the physical gestures of worship. All right, that's another day. But would you just do this this morning? Would you lift up your hands? You can lift them high, you can lift them halfway, you can go half mass, full mass, doesn't matter. Lift up your hands. Would you close your eyes? We're not gonna do anything funky here, so you can close your eyes, and just with your voice, just begin to worship him. Let's just do it. Father, we worship you. Lord, if you can pray in the spirit, sing in the spirit, just go ahead, just worship him, We don't have to have music to do this. Just worship him. Lord God, we worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. Magnified in this place, Lord. Be magnified in this place, Lord. Lord, we believe in the power of the battle. Battle belongs to the Lord. We believe in breakthrough. Oh, God, bring the breaker anointing in our song this day. We declare it according to your word. Break through, O oh Lord. Break through, O oh Lord. Break through, O oh Lord. God, where we need a miracle, where we need some birthing in our life, where death has breathed upon us, God, bring forth a child. Bring forth a new birth, O oh Lord. Bring forth life where there has been death. In Jesus' name, O oh God, we worship you this day. Be magnified, O oh Lord. Be magnified, O oh Lord. Be magnified, O oh Lord. God, we lift it by choice of our will to you. We lift it to you. Be high and lifted up. Be exalted among all, Lord. God, may all knee bow before you. May every voice declare that you are Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So, Father, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus, God, release, release the power, the sheer power of worship singing in your church. God, I pray that an individual's here today, that, God, we break through, we battle in our worship, we come into the place and we take that stand, we will not be defeated in Jesus' name. Because, God, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. We stand true that, God, you are faithful, faithful to this generation right now. We declare that. We declare that, oh, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you.